Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 334. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we throw in a dress with some sequins on it and insist that we're in the holiday spirit, damn it. I am your host, Nagin Farsad. My biggest problem with holiday cheer is that it usually also means a stomachache. You know what I mean? There's like, it's mostly about me eating something that I can't actually eat. Because they're not serving Christmas broccoli at these events. Have you noticed? They're just not doing that. But today, we're going to talk about the psychological dynamics of gift giving. That got real serious real fast. We're going to talk about momfluencers and why they're all up in your brain. And we're going to um, talk about the new proposed Democratic primary calendar. And we'll look at some weird stuff today. Oh, the panel today. I said to Andrew, I said, put together one of your best. And he did, and he just fucking did it. Uh, we are joined by comedian, uh, brilliant actor, brilliant writer, brilliant producer. Um, you've heard him on this show uh, so many times. He also happens to be affiliated with the Armed Forces of the United States of America um, because he cares. And he is the wonderful Bonari Lee Poulton. Thank you so much uh, for another fantastic intro. And of course, per usual, um, my opinions represent myself and in no way represent those of the United States Army, the U.S. Armed Forces, uh, the U.S. government, uh, coalition partners, uh, or anyone really imagined. So just throwing that out there, per usual. No, 
this this next panelist speaks exclusively on the behalf of the CIA. I believe that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she is a phenomenal actress. Um, oh my god, you heard her voice acting on so many things you had no idea, including uh, my cartoon president, right? Yes, that's right. And which we, she was just so fucking funny because she's so fucking funny. She's also <laughs> the host of the podcast Two Beers In. And you've heard her on the show again so many times because, again, I said to Andrew, bring me your best. And he brought <laughs> Cody Linquist. Hey, Cody. I, I have to I have to say, please don't tell everyone about my CIA connections because I'm actually <laughs> undercover. <laughs> Yeah, you just so, actually outed yeah. Uh, yeah, one yeah, of our yeah. most valuable CIA assets. <laughs> I and, think uh, you could go to jail for <laughs> that. Oh, I know, Jesus uh, Christ, I didn't know deal. what I was doing. <laughs> I wish so badly that I were an undercover CIA operative. It would I be so undercover. Nobody would suspect me at all. You'd be a better panelist if you yeah, were an yeah, 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 CIA yeah. operative. And you're just like not as good. As no, not as good. Um, okay, well, before we get into the show, I just want to remind everyone patreon exists we just dropped a bonus with zach stafford and grace lynch about boredom um it's a super fun bonus episode and we talked about why boredom happens and what to do about it and i mean let me just tell you it was anything but boring am i right um but here's the deal like if you support the show on patreon um you get bonus episodes of the show it's really fun and the and the bonuses are just like a little freer a little bit more wild a little bit more um just uh fucking throw caution to the wind you know and so join in on the fun at patreon.com slash nagin farsad for as little as four dollars a month you get to support the show and get free stuff so patreon.com slash nagin farsad and now let us get into it with topic number one Okay, so we read a piece in the New York Times by Jessica Gross called Why Are Momfluencers So Good at Worming Their Way Into Your Brain? And it got me to thinking, I'm a mom, but I am not under the influence of a single momfluencer. I feel like that's a brag. But I know that a lot of my friends look, and I honestly feel like most of them kind of hate scroll. Sometimes they're genuinely looking at the products or genuinely interested in the ideas that these women are peddling. But my first question is, uh, do you know of the momfluencer world? And what do you think? Banari, we'll start with you. I'm kidding. Um, Well-known expert mom. (laughs) (laughs) Cody, we'll start with you. I happen to know that you are a mom. Um, Thank you. And I'm I'm, my goal is to become a mom fluencer so that I can make you um, go underneath my spell. That's uh, hopefully by the end of this. Um, Yeah, it's so it's so weird because um, I also am not under the spell of any mom fluencers. There are a lot of women that I know, like a lot of moms feel so much guilt about all this stuff. I'm like, how do you have time to feel guilty about any of this? Like, I got things to do. I don't have time to, to look at this. I know that their lives are all fake. I know that they don't have full time jobs. Their full time job is to sell the fantasy of being a mom. So I I also get a little like, huh? Like, I don't know. It feels weird to me that people are so um, sad and guilt-ridden about it. Benari, as a man who lives in just the world. <laughs> right. Have you, Which makes like, my opinion the most important one, I guess. Is, you have a mom, I assume. Everyone does. Look, as the son of a mom, <laughs> as the son of a mom, I feel qualified um, uh, as, to speak. As the neighbor of a mom uh-huh. and yeah. the friend of some moms. Friends of moms. Actually, um, 
I, I am kind of an honor. I'm not in the mom momfluencer world, but I am like an honorary member of like a local mom group in the LA Wait, area. What? Okay, so, like, that needs like to be explained. Groups. So they're like, oh, mom I groups. know there are mom groups, yeah. but why are you in a mom group? Because <laughs> I'm friends with a lot of moms, and then like I got my apartment through like this mom group and I've gotten like other things like I'm just this is a very interesting story about how you wormed your way into a mom group I'm (laughs) like like in the reverse of the momfluencer world I've wormed my way into into influencing those Benari is a momfluencer oh my gosh CIA operative momfluencer there you are Uh, but yeah, which I find the mom groups wonderful. I, I do find the, the online presence of like momfluencers and like the cycle of momfluencing, if that's a thing, Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like it, it follows sort of the same pattern of like, there's some, there's some sort of mom issue that people are worried about or panicky about and just want to find some sort of solidarity or some sort of info then they find someone then they all love the thing and then the like a mom might be right about baby formula but like not great with daycare and then everyone gets super mad and now that momfluencer is like on the outs and now we've canceled that momfluencer and we moved right. over to this one <laughs> right right so, right like i don't think there's any one way to momfluence i don't know like i hate this word i don't I, I i'm a big advocate for I the mean, groups the, the yeah. groups are great the groups like the group mind it's helping it's like we're, we don't right. live in a physical village anymore but like the group allows us to say like this is the best way to get this done or whatever but it's that that picture perfect usually blonde mom that's like i made these cookies yes. out of you know all organic ingredients and vegetables yeah. and they taste delicious and my kids are also blonde and perfect yeah. and they loved them and no one ever fights um right. and that is a <laughs> and this made is the up one, yeah. <laughs> and this is the one way to parent and if you're not parenting right. this way you're doing you're it wrong incorrect. there's five ways in which you're doing it wrong and but like- it feels so it just feels so odd to me that people don't know that that is completely fake and made up and that mm-hmm. they feel shame that their lives aren't like that like that I, that part of it I don't understand. It's like I see a fashion model and they're like, you know, they're all over different events and dating different people and their life, you know, they're in Paris, they're in Venice, whatever. I don't look at that and go, oh, gosh, my life isn't like that. You know, it's yeah. just like, of course my life isn't like that. So when I see these mom influencers, I'm like, yeah, that's right. made up. No that's a fairy shit. tale. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think there's much of a difference between how like a lot of families would watch like sitcoms and be like, I wish my life were like that. I wish my family acted like that. And like, but you knew that it was not real. But I think as you move to social media, even though it's just as unreal as a sitcom or a movie, it it has the illusion of capturing some kind of reality. And so it blurs that line. And so even though like in your head, you kind of know it's not real. You're like, oh man, but that looks so great. And it's like but do men feel this way, things? Benari? Do men feel this way? Or is this why they're in charge of the government? Because they don't have time to feel guilt or shame. I mean, I, most politicians now don't. And women are too busy feeling guilt or shame. And that's why we don't have a female president yet. I that's think that mine. that's <laughs> – I, I think that 
the guilt shame part, I think dudes are influenced by it, but they don't feel guilt or shame. They look at it and they be like, yeah, it should be like that. All my wives should be blonde and white and uh, my kids should just like do fucking awesome sports and plays and be great at everything and nothing goes wrong and no one ever fights. That's the way it's supposed to be. And then they yell at their family for like doing it wrong. <laughs> I, first of all, I love this analysis um, from both of you. I feel like this is, we've really uh, cracked this wide open. <laughs> I want to just also ask, I mean, like, so I'll just read something that she wrote in the piece. She wrote, I'm, she wrote that I'm quote, I'm entranced and shamed. I see their photographs with their sunny captions. And some small part of me believes that they're mostly naturally, that they're more naturally suited to motherhood. And I know I'm far from alone. Um, and I think that kind of goes to what you're saying, uh, Cody, is that they feel the shame. And then Benari, what you're saying is that the men are like, correct, feel that shame. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking get in line. Um, Thank you, and- men. Once again, you've made our lives better. <laughs> um, and, and What I- would you do without us? <laughs> Part of it is, I wonder too, because I'm, I'm trying to think of like why this specifically didn't happen to me. And I think it's because I'm so... This is guys get ready for a fucking like 300 pound brag. I just don't (laughs) scroll like I I don't I can't because it makes me feel ill. And so I look look at a few things and then immediately after like 45 seconds, I'm like, what am I doing? I feel awful. And then I get off of it. So. I think it, t- so I, 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 that's why it hasn't gotten its hooks into me. So mm. I don't even know what these bitches look like. I don't I know don't either. their lives are. <laughs> and so I don't know to like, re- co- you know, to, to compare myself. Now that said, I do compare myself to other moms because I'm a fucking person. And th- there's one area that I feel like guilt and shame about and that's like i don't feel like i have great ideas uh when it comes to like having fun like like crafts and fucking (laughs) other crafts like there's something i imagine there's a lot of crafts on these these feeds um just a lot of like great ideas for how to like do spend time with your kids that are like somehow Mm -hmm. i always think that other people have a much better sense of like how to spend time with their kids than i do and so i have i i bring a lot of guilt and shame in that but that's just like because i know other human beings that's not from a feed i imagine it would be amplified by a thousand if i looked at a feed i Um, mean my son went to a birthday party this weekend and like i have two kids and my older one you know he's Eight, so he's been to a lot of birthday parties, and sometimes people spend a lot of money on these things. There's the magician, there's a face painter, there's a whatever bouncy castle. One, yeah, he went to one this weekend, and it was just a room with some balloons. And these kids lost their freaking minds. They had the best time. There was nothing there. There was like some juice boxes and some balloons. So my point is, yeah. you don't need to be doing like you know jello painting in the bathtub. Yeah, they're, they're fine. They're fine. I mean- can I also just say on that note, um, I may have said this story, but like I took my daughter to a Farsi nursery rhyme concert, obviously. Okay. Nursery rhymes in Farsi. Don't worry about it. It's just how I roll. And um, the band came out. Yeah, it was a band. And uh, they were dressed in like, I mean, these are like Iranians. 
So they looked fucking phenomenal <laughs> on top of in their spare time doing revolutions. They look really good when you like, if you meet an Iranian who's like dressed shittily and I, I'll give you fucking three dollars. <laughs> okay. The gauntlet um, has been thrown out there, fake the dollars. Three whole dollars to find. And, and, and that's like, and this, there's like, I don't know, like 100 people at this concert or whatever, kids and parents, or whatever. The fucking kid, they were, the, the, so the band was not wearing primary coat. They were like wearing their gorgeous, you know, mm. understated, like Ted Baker, you know, two pieces. And, <laughs> And they just just gorgeous and like like they're there for an economic summit yes they were like doing davos but on the side they were doing nursery and um and so anyway so they're and they start singing these songs and and the songs weren't like they're uh, again like a 300 brown brag iranian nursery songs are just like there's they're like i'd listen to that they're like bell and sebastian tunes they're like chill I, like sign me up cool. sign me up well because also they're like centuries old like it goes back like in the dna of yeah. the sounds and the and the words and the music yeah there's like a sitar thrown in it's kind yeah. of like a big deal and um and so and but the the kids were wrapped in attention there was no glitter there was no puppets nothing yeah. it was just literally these fucking musicians and so part of me is like all of the peddling of the momfluencer world, whatever it is they're peddling, I feel like, you know, same with that room with what balloons, you just don't need that much. No. And the idea that you need all this stuff is- Well, they also, they live in the yeah. suburbs. And right. so you can be like, you know what I'm going to do in this weekend? I'm going to go to see a full-size dinosaur at the Museum of Natural History. I don't need to come up with a million activities in my um, home with like pipe cleaners because I live in the best damn city in the whole world and my kids grow up here and boom, New York City. <laughs> like that's I also want to say, even if you don't live in the best damn city in the world. I feel uh, sorry for you if you don't. But Let's okay. say you only live in Paris. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just a, a baguette example. again? Ugh. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, fine. Like, we'll see I... the Eiffel Tower this afternoon. <laughs> like snooze. Um, no, let's say, so like, I go back to Palm Springs and- I've also noticed there's like Palm Springs is a 40,000 person town. I know it's a fucking weird place. So it's not exactly like everyone's regular town, but like, but it's a 40,000. It's town. most people's vacation place, but it's, yes, okay, go on. <laughs> By the way, which even more reason that it doesn't actually have kid stuff. Right. But if you that's look true. into the DNA of every town, there is stuff. You yes. know what I mean? Stuff is yes. happening. It's a part of like, it's a part of like inserting yourself into the community the way a dick might be inserted into a vagina as i've always said <laughs> everyone <laughs> compares taking your child out to uh local events and sex i mean those are yeah. normally compared things i mean yeah. if it weren't for sex you wouldn't we wouldn't have the kids in the first place so That's i mean true. there's 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 a well, there you go it's the fucking b basis of everything I, I think this sort of gets to the root of things which is like the the healthy relationship with 
like mom groups or raising kids or yeah. the community aspect of it. I think what happens is a lot of people are in search of a community. And I think the the healthy way is to be hyper local. So like local groups or like local yeah. moms yeah, yeah, who yeah, have yeah. similar interests and needs Benari. and are like, this is what it's about in the same Love way it. that like your politics yes. should be like hyper local. Whereas when you try and do like a one size fits all, like this is the national like, you know, mom way to do it. Yeah, it, it falls apart because it's uh, yeah, like, no, yeah, that's, yeah. you know, we're not. Right. Yeah. Once again, Benari is telling all moms how to behave. <laughs> and you're right. And you're right. And, you know, and, and, I, lo- and I love that we're going to end this segment on Benari, yeah. the man, like fucking making the best point. And that's the, you know, and that's the way it <laughs> Folks. Once again, women Once again, listen I to Bernard. Listen to the man. And now I feel guilt and shame <laughs> like a mom. <laughs> All right. Fuck this topic. We're gonna move on and we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna learn about our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll continue to fucking chat it up. This headgum podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And we're ready for topic number two. So literally, like, surprise, we're going to talk about something that I didn't even email you guys that we were going to talk about just real quick because there was, what? like, in the news last night. I know, freak out. You guys oh, never no. forget the news. So I you're think I know what's so going lost. on. <laughs> but motherfucker, like, Raphael Warnock won. 
And that's nice. And I think that's nice. And I think we got to go ahead and give everyone a pat on the back, including ourselves. Um, and again, uh, it's it's nice to <laughs> to be right and to win. <laughs> and those things feel real good. But it's also nice. Democracy is nice. So what do you guys think? I'm sort of a it's it's hard to be glasses half empty, glasses half full. Like uh Walker was such a horrible candidate. It's really depressing that it was even close by a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that's the glasses half empty, but you know, glasses half full. This is a very conservative place, and Warnock was a wonderful candidate. And if you have a good candidate in a conservative place, you can win. So I'm very happy. It's going to be a lot less roadblocks in the Senate. I wish we, I wish New York hadn't messed up the House, and maybe we could have had that too. But uh, this is great. It's going to be such a big difference to have 51 rather than 50 senators. And yay, yes. democracy. Yeah. Yay, and, democracy. And I also, you know, as awful a candidate as Herschel Walker was, um, it can't be overstated how awful Republican voters continue to be because they knew yeah. at this point. Like, I think what it revealed was that there is no bottom they will vote for the Republican. They will vote just to keep themselves in power. They will vote for that structure. There is nothing that will peel them away um, because, I mean, he's still got like 1.6, 1.7 million votes. Yeah. So it's like if if the Republicans go back to just having like normal white dad Republican candidate, like, <laughs> is it even possible for uh -huh. us to win there? Probably not. But I, but I like also a, a Kemp won so handily against Stacey Abrams, who's a fabulous candidate. Right, fantastic right, candidate. But Kemp and, was also an incumbent. Right, who was not not a Trump guy. But but I do think the positive side of it is that you know Raphael Warnock is a fantastic candidate, and it also shows you not to take anything for granted. You mentioned New York. You know some of these places where yeah. you get complacent or you get into the pettiness of small di disagreements. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and. And that can cost you this the, the national platform. That can cost you like power on the national level. And so all politics is local. But in addition, we can we're seeing as slow as the gears of democracy sometimes move, it is worth it when when it works. And I was struck by the fact that both I thought I thought um, Reverend Warnock's speech was fantastic, but I was very struck by the tone that Herschel Walker struck. And I was I was probably the most impressed well, with him. I actually don't know anything about the tone that he struck. So his his concession speech was one, you know, remarkable because it was a con concession yeah, speech. He conceded? Uh, <laughs> but two, he, he, you know, very, very concisely addressed his supporters saying, trust in the process, trust in your elected leaders, trust in democracy, keep voting, keep working, you know, this was an honor, but, you know, stay active in the system and keep working at it. He didn't tell wow. them, you know, blow it all up. He didn't wow. tell them to, like, Wild. be pissed off. He, and I, it was shocking for to hear that in today's atmosphere, no, from, yeah, that, you know, coming from a candidate heart. like that. So I, I have to give yeah, the beating heart of Herschel Walker, like, didn't we didn't know. I mean, yeah. it's interesting that that was lurking somewhere under the surface right um okay the other little thing i wanted to bring up that you guys the surprise <laughs> um the trump organization <laughs> was found guilty of just being a bunch of dicks what do you think okay why did this have to happen yesterday it's like 
couldn't it have happened on another day where we weren't focused on another massive issue like the Senate? It just feels like. Can I'm sorry. I was too. Fo- yeah, I was too focused on Hunter Biden's laptop story. <laughs> I don't um, his dick pic story. <laughs> his dick pic story. But by the way, I keep hearing everyone be like the dick pic story and I keep meaning to understand it. But then I'm like, do I need to understand it? No, let's forget about it. (laughs) Women do not need to understand dick pics. That is our prerogative. The matriarchy is winning. I don't need to understand your dick pic. You know, I don't need to be a part of it. I don't need to see it. I don't care about it. Yeah, we don't need to talk about it. But like, tell me about what the interesting thing about the Trump organization thing is a little bit like there's still other so from what I understand, his major suffering is going to be like $1.6 million or something like that. And then another thing is that he's still in court for another civil case that might actually revoke Ivanka, uh, the other one and the other one from doing business in New York state. So it's funny because it's a little bit like step one of a multi-step process of in your face, Trump organization. <laughs> um, is there more to say about it than that? I mean, you you pretty much nailed it. It's, okay, it's great. Thank this you. is it's ongoing. Once again, we're yeah. seeing progress being made, and as slow as it moves, it's very rewarding when you see it come to fruition in in the way it's supposed to work. And there are there are more dominoes to fall because this it opens them up to other liability. It opens them up to other lawsuits. It opens them up to um, to more repercussions, to more legal repercussions, and so. Um, it would I mean, be- it's it's sad to me that everything is so slow because, like, definitely Donald Trump is going to die from a McDonald's-induced <laughs> heart attack before any of this touches him. You know, I mean, so... No, knock on wood, we don't want anyone knock to on wood. die I don't, or anything like that. I didn't that. say someone was... No, 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 no. Jokingly. I don't ahead. want him to die. I'm just saying he's an older man, you know? When you right. think about these things, and like, moving forward to the court, Mickey- you're like, all right, is, we'll see. We'll see if anyone faces any consequences. But yes, you do something wrong. You should face some consequences. People people all the the time get put in jail for so much stuff. And then people can embezzle and steal and tax evade. And and all these blue-collar crimes get such small little pittance of punishment. It's very frustrating. I love it when rich people get in trouble if they do something wrong. Yeah, but like a financial slap on the wrist isn't really punishment to the ultra- wealthy because yeah 1.6 million dollars is like no big deal a fine is not a punishment it's the cost of doing business and Mm -hmm. so unless there are things like barring them from doing business ever again in the state of new york or jail time and i think this goes to sort of you know look donald trump is a guy who's never suffered any sort of uh physical uh health issue because he's been downing so many mickey d's uh Mm -hmm. you know burgers this is a guy who stared at the sun and didn't go blind. Repercussions are not in are not in they're not they're not in his orbit. So, so you know, hopefully this is the start of a new page in in a new chapter. We tell our kids all the time, like in every book, there's the moral of the story where it's like at the end, you know, you get what you deserve, good or bad, right? It's yeah. Like some people, it's like, do they? Yeah. No, you just keep doing it for 75 years and then you die of old age yeah. <laughs> quietly. The the sum total of what's going on, like losing the, the Senate seats, like losing so many of the races that that the, that Trump endorsed, like losing this case, like potentially losing another case in the future, like losing the thing with the fucking master master documents thing. What the was special that master. The spe- the thank master. you, the special master. Um, all Not any that- old master is a special one. 
this a very special mask. Sounds racist. Um, it I know I have really to be honest. Does. It, it probably has roots in racism like everything else. Like hot. Yeah, probably does. Um and uh it, it he all of these losses together sort of add up to making a very unpopular person um who who you know seems less and less likely to like have six other successful uh let's say uh routes to the presidency i'm just mm. saying all right let's move yeah. on from this to talk about what we really wanted to talk about which is that biden and the dnc announced a new plan for the primary calendar south carolina would go first New Hampshire and Iowa would be dethroned. Uh, so it would go South Carolina on February 3rd. And then a week later, it would be Nevada, New Hampshire, same day. And then it would a week later, be Georgia. And then a week later, be Michigan. And then I don't know. And then after that, it's just a fucking free for all. Um, what do you guys think uh, of this change? I love it. Uh, look, I love it. I think <laughs> that honestly, I think there should be a rotating um, schedule of primaries every four years. I think the primary process is too long. I think this is the first step yes. in, in reforming it. Um, I don't think the primary should be longer than the general election. It causes too much division and it gets away from the purpose of the primary, which and is it, supposed and to be. It wastes too much money. It, it wastes too much money, but it makes too much money. So that's the problem. Yes. Um, but yes. I, but I think changing it to South Carolina is more reflective of where we're at. Um, I think it takes power away from these uh, smaller, whiter states that have had a stranglehold on the electoral process. And also, this is just great for, like, this is kind of how, like, good politicking should work, which is, like, you know, the country owes a debt of gratitude to Joe Biden for winning the presidency. Joe Biden owes winning the presidency to winning the Democratic primary. He owes winning the Democratic primary to South Carolina. Therefore, I, South Carolina should be rewarded for this. <laughs> but I, I agree that I think it should be completely revamped. Um, I am from Iowa, so it's really hard for oh, me to say it. that. Okay. I was born in, in Iowa, um, grew up in Ohio, but, you know, like the caucus is like there's pigs in the caucus and that's oh, yeah. it. Um, no, but I, I agree. It could, should be changed. My argument with South Carolina is it just feels frustrating to me that it's a state will never win. We will never win right, so South Carolina. They, and I right. will tell you this because my husband is from South Carolina and I spend a lot of time in South Carolina. We will never this win is, South I Carolina. Like, I feel like ever. this is too perfect that you're now representing two different states. That I, they called me. They said, what states mean the most to you? Yeah. And I right. gave them the list. Right. And then, okay. I see. Uh, but I think, I think it should be Georgia, like somewhere like Georgia, where mm -hmm. it is this like, you know, battleground state where it's leaning conservative. Cause you have to think these, these candidates are spending all their time in one place. And it seems like for the general, then it's a waste of time that they've spent all this time in South Carolina or come to New York and California. Yeah, Our vote I mean, means nothing in the general. So wouldn't it be nice if we had some say, if we had some importance, like we deliver the, we deliver the presidency. We have the most electoral votes, like come show us some love, come do some, some campaigning here, let us pick, and then they can go spend the rest of the time in the rest of the country. Well, I think that's a, a great point, too, like in terms of, 
you know, South Carolina is not a state that they're going to win in the in the general. And look, I'm yeah. I'm I'm a masshole. So New Hampshire, <laughs> like New Hampshire primaries were like that was that was the bread and butter throughout New England. Like come, Yeah, so we you know, can add let's add Massachusetts, New York, and California. No, but, but, let's like the going triumvirate. Up, but going up to New Hampshire, you know, like New Hampshire was so important and there's all this focus on New Hampshire. But the one of the reasons why I don't think having to win the state necessarily should be one of the prerequisites because I think a lot of these states that get like in the general, South Carolina gets ignored in the general. So let them have some love. Let some of these other states have a little bit of love. And also these are states where they do have great Democrats who hold elected office. And by bringing a little more focus, we can start the process of drawing attention to how they're winning in their areas, in deeply red areas, in deeply conservative areas, um, how that functions at the local level, but also maybe changing the culture a little bit to shine a light of like, oh, why can't we win South Carolina? It's also heavily gerrymandered. It's also like heavily influenced by like there's old a lot school, of racist people. A lot there, of like racist you know? politi- policy. But I like love my you... relatives. You're not racist. I'm just talking <laughs> about you. The, the people I made at the Piggly Wiggly. You know, they're it's we're not bringing our best sometimes. <laughs> I feel like I guess it's I still bristle at the idea that my vote means absolutely nothing like they that I don't get to partake by the time it comes to me the the decisions have been made mm-hmm. I really wanted to vote for Elizabeth Warren as listeners know um I really wanted to vote for Elizabeth Warren and I was unable to do that and that because you were feeling mom guilt um about not having a Pinterest worthy Instagram page because- <laughs> Ah, because she was no longer in the race by the no, time I know, the I know. primary showed yeah. up in New York. And that's <sighs> very frustrating. Uh, well, that's why the primary process should be like two months max. And like if we're talking about, you know, like let it be so that every candidate can stay in the race. Yeah. Yeah. Like just do a month long or do 50, you know, f- fuck it. Do 50 days of a primary, like one state a day. There's so many ways to do this correctly. I have a radical idea. <laughs> Super simple. Let's get rid of the Electoral College. Oh, but the, also... <laughs> well, that's a whole other... Then it doesn't matter. Also, uh, ranked choice voting. Yay! What? Like, let us all vote for everybody. Like, it's, you know, let, let's have five people that yeah. we want to rank. Like, why are we, you know, why are we doing this to ourselves so that we end up... By the way, and this is not the Democratic primary, but on the Republican ticket... Donald Trump did not have a majority of votes. He never did Mm -hmm. among Republicans. He won because primaries sort things out so that you you end up with these are not consensus candidates. Well, Well, Biden was. (laughs) Well, yeah, Yeah. turned out to be. Yeah. Primaries are supposed to be like privately run by the parties to decide who the party wants as their representative. And the people that's why I, I I. personally as a lifelong Democrat, and I know it should be open and everything, but like, I believe in closed primaries. I also believe in like, it, if you're going to, if you're, if it's going to have a national consequence, there should be some uniformity, either an election or a caucus. You can't have both. Like this mix and match shit is, is so it's a crazy. a lot of shade on oh, Iowa yeah. today. It, it, a lot of well, shade. You know, uh, you know, you want to, <laughs> you know, you want a pig picking your president. That's what you're going to get. Um, yeah, everyone's working. The pigs are the only ones that are free to go to that caucus. Everyone else has a job. Right. Yeah. Uh, the pig social calendar really allows for it. But um, it, so, OK, folks, let me know what you think. Again, I'm on the just everyone vote on the same day. What are we fucking doing? I'd love to be involved in the primaries at some point in 
my life. Yes. Uh, but uh, if, by the way, if if for some reason, by the way, no one has given me a really fantastic reason for why we can't do a same day primary. But if for some reason, that's just some, for some reason we can't, like I do like the idea of mixing it up and everyone gets a, ch- a chance to shine, yeah. including New York. Yeah. And yeah. everyone and including fucking, I don't know, Oklahoma or whatever. Like it's it, this is ridiculous. But everyone if we did it, if we did it all in one say. month, if we did it all in one month, let's say we did like yeah. a primary, just like a, a month in 25 days, you could do two a day, 25 primaries plus the extra. I mean, this is yeah. the primaries are when Puerto Rico and Guam and a lot of the other places and D.C. places that can't vote in the general election can also yeah, have yeah. a say. So, I mean, yeah. like if we if we condense it down there everyone would get a chance you'd really get it it wouldn't be enough that some states have undue influence over the outcome and then I mean, the later states are just like whatever we don't care about you new york the the real problem with condensing it down and the reason they do is that if you have a short primary season then it's going to make it so that the most famous people with the most name recognition right i mean i get are the ones that rise to the top because you don't have time to go and say hey yeah, I'm yeah, so and so. Meet me. Except for the the only argument against that is that the primary season is on February third and end on fucking you know the June whatever. Mm-hmm. It starts the year prior, right? So we're getting a full yeah. fucking year of people campaigning. It's not. It's a lie that the primary season is too short because literally they're they're campaigning for a full year. So by that, if you haven't been able to solidify name recognition in that one year before yeah. voting actually begins, yeah. then I don't even know what to say. Why are we all suffering so? Another yeah. idea. Get money out uh, of politics. Make it so an even playing I, field. Boom. I mean, Radical. I know, Crazy I idea. That's, that's so weird. No one's ever so thought of these where, before. So where it always comes down to. Okay. Let us move on to topic number three. Gift buying season is upon us. Um, and we read a piece about the psychology of gift giving in the times. And it struck me that every year I kind of throw myself into the deep end with no real guiding philosophy, or maybe I have a philosophy and I don't have time to execute it. This is maybe another aspect. Um, either way, would it, before we get into this piece, what, what do you have a gift giving philosophy, either of you? I get so frustrated this time of year. I just, my philosophy is I only want to buy presents for children. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mostly yeah, because, is, like, which isn't it's really so a gift giving philosophy. It's just I an know. philosophy of exclusion of adults. It is. I, I only care about children. Um, yeah, that that's a radical sense. idea. But um, I just like, I love buying for kids, like my friends' kids, everybody's kids. It's so fun. They get much so excited. So you can buy easier. them, like, a, you know, $2 pen with a picture oh. of a minion on it. And they're like, oh, oh it's a pen. A little and, uh, ring that lights up, it'll fucking yeah. just destroy a kid's head with joy. They they lose it and it's That's so weird. fun. And then you're like, oh, and now I've got to buy something for my cousin. And my cousin <laughs> has everything that she needs. And right. but she's picky, but she could buy everything herself. And it's got to be this. It's just like feels like you're like, ugh. the joy of it is like, you know, and it's not that way with everybody. I love buying things for people that need things like, you know, um, if you have like someone who's in college, like it's so fun even just to buy them, you know, a book or something that they need or whatever. But it's just the gift giving for adults that nowadays have everything like that just feels like so like. Yeah. And there's like this pressure to build some sort of like FBI profile on 
on the person you're buying a gift for. We're like, well, well, um, I am in the CIA, so it's easier of course. for me. So it's so easy for you, but for like the rest of us who have to like piecemeal together, we have like our whiteboard with yarn all over the place. Well, they went to yeah. okay, they go. They already have their so gym it's like membership. An episode and, of The Wire every yeah. year, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, so as uh, as an uncle um, and the fun Ooh. uncle. Uh, That's the best. My job, basically, like my sisters, I have two sisters, but they're just like, you buy for the kids. And I'm like, great. I love it. I'm in. <laughs> like, you take care of the, the annoying <laughs> presents. Right? I get the kids. They have slime. If it makes a mess, I'm in. The kids yes. fucking love it. They lose yeah. their minds over uh. the, like, the grossest, weirdest, messiest shit. And it, it, there's nothing better. There's nothing better. And so, then yeah. you're going to be like, but Aunt Carol wants, yeah. you know, yeah. a yeah. candle, but only a candle from Yankee Candle or whatever. <laughs> but not the real Yankee Candle. It's like yeah. the Etsy Yankee Candle, like Yankee with a Y And then the she end. opens it up and she's like, I got this cinnamon flavor last year. You know? <laughs> oh, I guess you just always get this cinnamon flavor. On behalf of Aunt, the Aunt Carol's everywhere, um, I have an Aunt Carol, but whatever. It's <laughs> called a Golara. And... You know, you, you you get them a little something like it's like I remember buying like a cute like it was a lotion, but it came in a cute package that looked like an owl. Don't worry about it. That sounds and a perfect I, Aunt Carol thing. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. And she re- like lost her right? Like she loved it. And it's funny because it just was like so like nothing like but it was but she just thought it was so cute. And she still and she would mention it years later. And and I was like, oh, I I understand that it's annoying for me to buy a gift, but also that like it does mean something for her, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's and- just like some people have no joy at receiving gifts, and it's really mm-hmm. shitty to buy them. Presents. Oh, that's probably. I think that's probably a huge part of it. Yeah, like there's you some want- people are so used to getting stuff that they're just sort of like you want the halagolara, like. <laughs> reaction yeah. <laughs> of like oh my god that's i want to buy aunt carol a gift now <laughs> right right oh, yeah. right we're totally going great. we're totally all going in and buying aunt carol a gift and like, carol <laughs> exactly hey carol where are you also i love i love um stocking stuffers um as, oh, a, yeah. as a jew um i, I just that good like great job goyim like you really nailed it on this on the stockings um, because there's like little tchotchkes are just great it's because, cute, yeah. because you get this mixture of like, sometimes it's like candies. Okay. And then sometimes it's like the shaving cream that's really expensive, but I need it. And right, right, like right, that. right. And yeah. as you get older too, I love, I love those like little gifts that, you, that are unexpected, but ser- like have a, uh, they serve a, a utility. Yeah. Yes. They, they spark delight, but also I'm going to use it every day. I'm yes, like, great. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely yeah, totally. need this. Thank you for saving me the trouble of, of uh, having to go buy it myself. So I can I just say like every time I get like a pair of socks or like I get like a little hand lotion or whatever, like I fucking love it. Like because <laughs> it is exactly that feeling of like I am completely going to use this item, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is why I love the idea. Like I kind of think if you don't this is maybe one of my guiding philosophies if you don't know what to get, like get like a fancy chocolate or something because no one, people aren't like, yo, fuck this chocolate. What are you out of your mind giving me chocolate? Like, no, like generally like a little chocolate, like a little fun candy type thing or whatever. It's just kind of like welcome. It's not something that people are necessarily going to buy for themselves, but they're going to delight in sticking it in their mouths. And so- <laughs> And who 
Who doesn't and love sticking things it. in their mouths this um, holiday season? Now, I have a question for you guys, which is, have you received a gift in your life that you're like, I can't believe I got that gift? Like in a good way or bad oh, way? Or you, I mean, <laughs> I can't believe I got that gift. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> or like, you know, what, did an ex or something give you a gift that was just shit? Well, I um in the article that we read about this, there was an example of um somebody not having their ears pierced. And that happens to me all the time because my ears aren't pierced. And I um I'm like one of the five people in the world that don't have their ears pierced. And um that is, I have to say, like a very specific, frustrating thing because like it's such a part of my personality that I never had my ears pierced. So when I've had friends get me earrings, I'm like, huh? You don't know this about my personality? Yeah, it's like a fundamental, like I've never owned a car and my ears aren't pierced. Those right, are my right, two right. defining characteristics as a white woman, right. you know, like so I we got you. So we vanilla. got you diamond earrings, which you yeah. should appreciate, and we got you uh, de-icers for your car. Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, thank you. This is terrible. Um but yeah, I've gotten uh, I've gotten earrings before, and that is like a a very telling, like, oh, it's kind of sad and like, I don't know. Right. Like, they don't know me at all. Yeah, but I've right. got clip-on earrings, and that's, like, cool. A plus. You thought about me. You got me your like, grandmother's old way, clip-ons. Like, love it. One of my BFFs it. is the other one of the five that doesn't have her ears pierced, and I have purchased for her clip-on earrings from, See? like, a vintage 1980s fucking clip-ons. And that's that's yeah. so great. That's so, so awesome when that See, happens. Much now, same- I oh, – Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's your I show. I received once a gift uh, from an ex-boyfriend. It was a, it was an autobiography or a biography, I can't remember, of Indira Gandhi. Now, I'm, I'm hot. not saying, like, hot. right? I was like, I mean, thank you, I guess. But like, right, it doesn't make me want to fuck you, right? So there's that. <laughs> It's like, did I ever talk about Indira Gandhi? Like, I'm sure that I would appreciate her leadership style or something. Like, there's nothing specifically. It's almost just like, uh, I guess I'm dating a brown girl. So do I? Um, oh, she, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And there's she's a not this a, is an ex. She's not a dude. So she wouldn't be into Gandhi. But maybe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there's a lady version of Gandhi. Mm-hmm. I'm not wrong to have thought that that was a terrible gift. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like too like he had read it and was like, "This really changed my life." I wanted to get you this no. book, right? Right. Like, <laughs> what ha- it looked like he just walked into his neighborhood bookstore and mm-hmm. was like, "Fuck, I gotta get something," and picked the first thing he saw that had a brown then- lady on it. Yeah, it had a brown lady <laughs> on it, and then that was that. You know, that's that feels like what happened. Um. Benari, yeah, that's pretty okay. shitty. I agree with you. Shitty. Good, good choice to break up with that person. My, my only pet peeve, because normally I'm like, I don't like you get me a gift. And if I'm not into it, I'm still going to love it. And I can find a use for it or we get, you know, Benari, re- I want to shop for you. Thing. This sounds great. You sound like the person I want to buy I know, presents you're like, for. Shaving yeah, cream but is fantastic. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the thing is I, I don't ever want to give the impression that you shouldn't buy me a gift. I would never right. want to put that out in yes. the world. Buy um, Benari, folks, if you're listening, buy Benari a gift. Seriously, there's so many different things. Like, okay, if if you get a gift that you, like, don't like and you can't think of another use for it, even if it's just I know someone else who would like this, like, 
great, you've just saved me a trip to the mall. Fantastic. My only pet peeve in, yes. in gift receiving is I get this a lot. I've, you know, it was one thing when I was a kid. I'm not a big guy. You know, I take a smaller medium shirt, you know, uh-huh. I'm, I'm not, you know, but I, I've like, I'm now an older guy. Like people have known <laughs> me for a while. I'm not, yeah. I'm not growing any taller or, or bigger or wider. <laughs> Why? If you get me a shirt ever, oh, no. are you giving me a large Sure. Oh my gosh. It's it's because they think like, I don't cycle. I get this too. People have gotten me shirts that are like, you know, a small, I'm like, I'm not, I'm a thin person, but I'm clearly not a small, but like as a woman, they're like, I don't want you to think that you're oh, a medium yeah. or a large. Like, oh, it's God like, forbid. But I am a medium yeah. or a large. Get me the shirt that will fit me. Yeah. I but want it's a shirt it's that the opposite fits. of the men. And, 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 and like, we yeah. have to let him think we're lar- he's large. We yeah. We don't want him, him to think large. that we think about him as like a little guy. It's like, yeah, but if I put on this large shirt, I'm wearing now a night shirt. You've gotten me a night shirt. <laughs> You've got me a shirt I cannot wear in public. You the psychology throw, behind it. Throw a on little one of those hats on and you're reenacting it the night before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> folks, tell me what is your particular psychology of gift giving? What are your tips? What are your pet peeves? Uh, and what is the worst gift you've gotten? I love uh I, I love all of the the feedback we get on these kinds of subjects, which end up being the most DM'd of the of our subjects. <laughs> All right. That, folks, is the end of the show. But before I turn it over to these two fine folks um, so that you can find out where to follow their wonderful stuff, I want to go ahead and read a couple of Apple podcast reviews. Oh, my God. You guys, I'm so heartened. Um, From B123231234. Um, we got five stars. They write, I learned so much from such incredibly smart people through this podcast. I live in rural Oregon, farm organic vegetables, and I'm as liberal as they come, but listening to city people talk about lawns is so hilarious. <laughs> that makes a reference to like last week, I think it was. And every week it gives me new insights into how to think about and cope with our politics and culture. Thanks, Nagin. Uh, oh my God. I love um, that we sound ridiculous talking about lawns. And I love that you listen to the podcast thank you so much and what's from- a lawn uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding just oh, kidding i have to tell you off pod um last to think harder shan 24 gave us five stars fake the nation give it a listen great podcast with thoughtful discussion about a variety of topics this nagin is such a delight this is the positivity that we all need in our life and always puts a smile on my face thanks nagin and then there were some emojis because uh, a smiley face and a heart emoji are just the two things that I know. And this um, is uh, a little reference to that. Um, Folks, I'm so heartened by your reviews. It really, really does help people find the show. So please keep them coming. If you've never reviewed the show, uh, go ahead and take, you know, 20 to 30 seconds um, and and write a little something. Uh, It doesn't even have to be a long something. Those were rather uh, lengthy reviews. So I'm I'm really grateful. but uh, thank you so much and um, and keep those coming. Now, I would like to turn our attentions back to Benari and to Cody because I think that you should all follow all of the wonderful things they do. Benari, where do they do that? They can find me uh, on the socials for as long as they continue lasting, uh, which I don't know how long <laughs> that will be, but uh, at Benari Hopefully not Lee. very long. Yeah, at Benari Lee, B-E-N-A-R-I-L-E-E on uh, Twitter and Instagram. 
And Cody, where do they find you? Um, same. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cody Lindquist with a D. L-I-N-D-Q-U-I-S-T. Um, yes, and I'll be there until I guess I'm forced to move over to... I'm not doing the other... Truth I, Social? Yeah, Is that I, where we're all going? Are we all going to Truth? I don't know. I'm just going to go back to like in-person meetups and just what? spout crazy... You can find things. me yeah. at Starbucks on yeah. the corner of yeah. 53rd and I will 3rd. Be, I will be complaining about gerrymandering at the local bar tonight. Uh, <laughs> Um, folks, you know where to find me and all the stuff that I do. And um, I'm also on TikTok. Ugh, I am, though. <laughs> and um, I also want to let people know that I will be performing my show, The Case for American Exceptionalism, by a lady muzz at Joe's Pub um, in January on, as a part of the Under the Radar Festival. So if you're in New York City, please come to Joe's Pub uh, January 19th, 20th, 21st. Uh, and see my show, The Case for American Exceptionalism by Lady Mice. Now, if you saw the show, my my show, uh, Comedy from a Mouth Hole at Joe's Pub, this is very much the same, but an evolution of. But if you haven't, so if you haven't seen me at Joe's Pub in the last six months, this is your chance. Um, I'm, I'm evolving the show. It's just, this is part of the process. You're just seeing the process of how an hour gets made into an hour. Um, and sometimes it involves a title change. Um, and this might not be the last title change. I don't know, guys, who knows? Um, but come see me at Joe's Pub. I would love to see you there. And um, tickets are available. Uh, also, I want to thank everybody that makes this show possible. That's our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire, fantastic audio engineer, Stephanie Aguilar. Our theme music was written by Gobby Alter. Special thanks to the wonderful people at HeadGum that make this show a possibility and to the wonderful studios that we get to record in. And, um, oh, folks, you know where to, you can, you can email me through my website. You can contact me on Patreon if you're a member. You can um, DM me. Uh, we love to hear from you with topic ideas, sub panelist ideas. Um, we just booked a panelist who's going to be on the show from one of your recommendations. Um, and uh, hit me up with just whatever you want to hit me up with. Um, and we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.